You're listening to the Off the Bench Podcast on 104.5 ESPN. For more, follow us on Twitter at OTB underscore ESPN or on YouTube. Off the Bench with Hester and T-Bob. Yo, yo, yo. Weekly New Orleans Saints updates with Nick Underhill on OTB are brought to you by former LSU Tiger and attorney Chris Perrette. Yo, what's happening, y'all? Welcome back. Nick underscore Underhill. Every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. we talk to Nick. He is the creator of New Orleans.football, the best resource for all of your New Orleans Saints news. Um, well worth the sign-up cost. Very happy to be in that number. Uh, Nick, what's going on, man? How we doing today? Uh, were you up in Cleveland? No, I tried to go, man, but it got... Uh... Everything got canceled. Uh, I was on a Southwest flight, so if I would have made it there, it seems like I would have been oh, marooning Cleveland for like a, a week. Which place. you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm from that area of the country, but you know, I'm I'm good. I've seen enough. I don't need to be there for a full week. But yeah, we tried to get there. Um, was gonna drive, and then we were about to leave, and there was like a 75 car pile up on the highway or something. And we just kind of kind of figured it was best to stay alive for the next one. Wait, did you say you tried to drive to Cleveland? Yeah, I mean it's like. Yeah, it's like 15 hours. Like, I, I was ready to do it. I mean, Ooh, you know, it's kind of like a responsibility to, to be there. And, I, you know, I kind of take that a little bit seriously. And, and you know, it's a little more personal because people pay to read our stuff. So, like, yeah. I want to be there. I want to give them the commitment they're giving to us. But, you know, it, it was just well, kind of uh, an impossible task. You're off the hook. Okay. No guilt needed. Uh, <laughs> that sort of – it's a thought that counts, Nick. And that's what you get from New Orleans uh, football. What you also get is great insight and explanations. And so, Nick – how did a dome team from the south go into Cleveland, an outdoor stadium, six degrees, minus 16 wind chill, coldest game in Saints history, second coldest regular season game in Browns history? How did that Saints team go up there and beat them in their elements? Well, they had to kind of get out of their own way a little bit. I think going into the game, they were kind of maybe outsmarting themselves a little bit with the the wind, they thought when they had the wind at their backs, they were going to be able to go out and pass. And so they huh. elected to have that in the in the first quarter. And they tried to they tried to do that and it didn't work. And I think the idea for them was was to try to get out to a lead, take control of the game, and then kind of try to force Cleveland to throw to get back in the game because throwing in this game wasn't going to be advantageous. But obviously that didn't work early on. I, I was a little bit shocked that it took until what, three twenty four of the the second quarter for Taysom Mill to kind of get his uh his first carry of the game. And once they finally settled in on the idea of, okay, we're going to run the ball with Taysom, we're going to run the ball with Alvin, and we're going to direct snap to Alvin even so we have that 10th blocker in a game where it's kind of about bully ball, that's when they finally started to take control of this game a little bit. But it took them a little while to figure it out. But look, I mean, you can kind of go into it. The way you look at that, the, the two sides of it, it's kind of like, well, if I don't like the coaching staff and I think they aren't doing a good good job, I'm going to look at it like it's it's stupid and idiotic. If you're kind of neutral, it's kind of like, okay, they went into a game, they had to play them, they had to adjust, they found a way to adjust. Now they've won two games in a row where, you know, the score was close where they were losing those games earlier in the season. I think it's fair to say that there's things uh, with the coaching staff that's been a little bit underwhelming, but they're starting to do a couple things a little bit better as the season goes on. And, and you know, I think we're kind of seeing that a, a little bit. Um, the initial planning, you know, it, again, a little bit shaky, confusing. I was kind of screaming at the TV a little bit, like, what are you guys doing? Give give Taysom the ball. But they eventually figured it out, and they found a way to win the game. Yeah, I am neutral, and I was screaming as well because, yeah. like, if this <laughs> ever feel, you know, had a feel of a, of a Taysom Hill game, like this was it. And you can't be predictable, Nick. Like, I do understand 
that portion of it, but you do have a unique piece that's built for a game like that, and you said it perfectly. Like Even when he wasn't getting the ball, he can be that extra blocker. I mean, he did. I mean, he was leading um, on Sam Linebacker's own power because he's that kind of guy. He can do those type of things. And so, like, for me, it's just like, why did it take so long to get there? Because I agree with you. You come in with a game plan, you try to trick them a little bit, and the first quarter it doesn't work. But, like, I was screaming, like, it's working. And certainly, like, once it got, like, 11 yards that first time, it's like, okay, like, you should do this almost every single play. And, like, that's the thing that worries me a little bit. Like, why did it take you so long to figure that out? Because it felt obvious watching it. Yeah, and look, it's probably not as simple as, like, I I, I think it is, but – it just kind of felt like I would have went out there, heavy sets, had those two guys in the backfield, motion Alvin over to take the snap, motion Taysom over to take the snap, kind of yeah. keep them off balance a little bit through through that. And then you go back and forth. And like you said, Taysom, he, he was doing a great job as a, as a fullback, the lead blocker. And, and yeah. that's kind of what makes him a, a unique weapon. And I, I kind of think they just overthink this whole entire thing with him, you know, even moving him to tight end. Like I, I would have him in the, the backfield. I would hand the ball off to him. Sometimes, you know, let them get that three yards of a uh, head of steam and, and just kind of plow through people that way. I, I just think that they overthink kind of how they use them and they overcomplicate it. And the thing with him is he's going to end his whole tenure here is a guy that I think just never quite has the right mix of plays for him. When he went to quarterback, I don't think they lean far enough into designing it specifically for him. And now that he's in this other position, I don't think that they're being creative enough with him. And every week, you know, Pete Carmichael comes up and I ask him like, hey, What's the deal with Taysom? How come you can't get him more carries? And he's just like, ah, oh, we got to do a better job of that. I, I just don't get why it's it's more complicated than just saying, okay, we're going to get Taysom the ball on first and second down. Like, just give him the ball, then he has the ball, and it's not as complicated yeah. as, as, it, as it has to be. But they, you know, they like the certain situations, and they feel like they need to be in certain positions to do it. And I just don't think it's it needs to be as hard as they make it out to be. Give him the ball, then he has the ball. Oh, wow. Novel concept. There, uh, Nick, I agree. Um, uh, how, how about this? Uh, right now, New Orleans uh, football, one of the kind of tantalizing uh, headlines here is, and this is something we actually touched on a bit earlier with the cleats and everything, is the impact the equipment staff had on this game. What did you find out about how the equipment staff got this team ready for that six-degree weather? Yeah, Mike Triplett uh, talked to them guys and just kind of went through the process of what they had to do and have, having to uh, buy thousands of hand warmers and toe warmers and, and, you know, feet warmers and all this stuff and just kind of being prepared for a, a type of game that they never thought they were actually going to have to play in. And, you know, I think a lot of that stuff really is is key and they do a great job. I mean, that, that staff is kind of prepared for all contingencies and they always have them prepared. And even when Sean was the, uh, the head coach and there was just, you know, kind of the... Uh, extreme emphasis on having the right footwear and everything you know they always had the options and if guys had to change out they had you know other types of spikes they could wear so it's just kind of being prepared for for everything and you know in a game like that where it is so far out of your elements and and you're kind of in a really tough situation they're kind of the the unsung heroes of, of that game so you know i think uh just their, their preparation to making sure the team was prepared to handle it and not get beat by the cold it was really you know step one of winning this game so one thing that's kind of lost in the shuffle here a bit, Nick, was that Alvin Kamara um, tied, I believe, the franchise record for touchdowns on Sunday. Is that correct, right? I believe he tied uh, Marcus Colson's franchise record. Where, What is Alvin Kamara's kind of current role, future, form, 
with this team. Uh, yeah, I know that, that we kind of hope the addition of the weapons of the offseason would seem to unlock him this year. I don't know that that's happened. How do you view Alvin Kamara as he stands today? I, I hate how they use him. I mean, I'm just, just honestly, like every every week I, I see something that's just like so, so, so frustrating. I mean, like just look at third downs, for instance. He He's playing 62% of them this year. Last year it was like 81%. And it's not, you know, I thought it was because of the blitz pickup because he's, he's allowed some pressures and uh, the Tampa game was a good example of that he allowed one and then he kind of lost some snaps. And I think that one was maybe directly correlated to punishment. But overall, throughout the season, if you look in the games where he was active, he's playing the highest percentage of third downs well lined up as a running back in the backfield. So it can't just be because of the blitz pickup. So you start digging a little bit deeper. OK, where is he losing the snaps? And you look around at it. He has played seven snaps at a receiver position on third down the whole season. Going back to previous seasons, it's like 35, 40. You know, he's he's getting a lot yeah. of plays in the slot, a lot of plays on the outside. They've just stopped doing that, period. So in that other 40% of the snaps on third downs, that's where he's losing his plays. And it's, it's crazy to me because he has 99 catches in his career well lined up in one of those receiver positions. 45 of them have gone for a first down. That feels like something you could do. Damn on third down and especially in a game like you know th this last one again they aren't passing the ball a lot but this year last year you have receiver injuries it feels like there's room for him to operate there it would seem like it would be the opposite when they had willie sneed and and you know mike thomas and all these guys uh it seems like it would be harder for him to get snaps in those positions and now it seems like it should be easier and it's not but you're, you're kind of down that slot receiver this year and granted he's not jarvis landry or anything like that but you know, get him out there and, and use him. Get him the ball in space. Those wheel routes that he used to run from there, uh, yeah. the one in the in the Vikings playoff game, and he hit it a couple times throughout his career. Like that's a great play for him. But they just they just aren't doing that this year. And the creativity with him, and you start looking at the screens, he isn't getting screen passes anymore. Like just some of the options of of creativity, getting him the ball in space, have just kind of completely dissipated. And you know, I think you can kind of look at his career and and you know. 17 18 19 i think we all would have sat here and said he's on a hall of fame path i think he's kind of been taken out of that the, the last couple of years just with kind of how the offense is injuries different different factors but you know part of it is just kind of where the team's at how they're using them who the quarterbacks are uh you know andy dalton was supposed to be the guy that comes in and, and unlocks them and you know really it's kind of more of a, a scheme issue than than anything right now like he just doesn't have the same opportunities that he used to have um if I were him, I'd be frustrated. I, I would yeah. be extremely frustrated with the situation and, and, you know, kind of the way he's being used. But he's kind of a team first guy. Doesn't really think of it like that. He's He's been positive every time you talk to him about it on the record, off the record. Um, but, you know, I, I could see someone becoming frustrated in that situation. Yeah, yeah, definitely got to get him going because he is a definite weapon for the Saints. Hey, as I'm looking around, obviously, Nick, the season hasn't gone like we all thought it would go, but you start to look for bright spots. And I know technically they still can make the postseason, but let's say they don't. Rashid Shahid's somebody that I think can be a very big bright spot for this team. I don't think he's out there making plays because nobody is, is you know, covering him or nobody knows who he is. I mean, at this point, he's out there making plays with people knowing what he can do right now, young in his career. So, it seems like a player that they kind of found a diamond in the rough, obviously coming from Weber State. Like, what do you think his future can be with this team? Because I think it's more than just uh, uh, the Saints are out of it. They're just throwing bodies out there. Yeah, I like him a lot. I mean, just this last game, that, that one play on the out route where he kind of like adjusted yeah. it so he so he had the opportunity to get yards after the catch is, is just really a, a play that they haven't been getting all season. So, yeah, I don't think it's just a thing where, where it's by default he's getting the ball because there's nobody else on the team. 
I think he's somebody that can be sort of like a, a, little, a legitimate weapon for them. Now, I think they're missing that kind of big-bodied type yeah. of receiver that, that you do need to run the underneath stuff and, and just kind of make those contested catches. But uh, you kind of look at, like, Kansas City last year. They, they got – and look, I'm not comparing these guys to Tyree Kill and, and – uh, uh, who's the other guy? Uh, Hardman. Uh, Hardman. Or, is that it? Yeah. This is, yeah. Yeah, McCall Hardman. yeah. 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 So they had, they had the two burners and then they have Kelsey. Like you can have two really fast guys. You just need that big body guy. But look, I think they would have to change their offense a, a little bit to kind of, to take advantage of the skill set of him and Olave with, with their ability to get down the field. Like right now they're kind of like a team that that's, that's just has to execute their way down the field in 10, 12, 15 play drives. And Tampa's kind of the same way. And that's just not the way football is kind of being played anymore. Like the better offenses are, are explosive plays. And it's sort of like the NBA, like when the Warriors all of a sudden st start shooting threes and you see this transition through the, through the league and now everybody's doing it. Like these offenses are kind of still taking elbow jumpers a little bit and trying to, to play in a way that that's just not, not how the league is going. So I think they got to find a way, way to, to unlock that. Um, if those two guys are going to be the identity of the offense and be a big part of the passing game, like they, they have to get down the field. Nick, am I off base here? It sounds like there's an undercurrent with you, an undercurrent of frustration with Pete Carmichael. And in a year where it feels like, you know, Dennis Allen, you, you probably run it back. Uh, the, the team is playing hard for them. They, they Winners of two in a row now. Uh, Saints, just from what we know, how they operate, they probably run it back. But the coordinators are not necessarily safe. Are you frustrated with Carmichael? I think they got to do things a little bit differently on offense for sure. I mean, the Alvin stuff just kind of speaks for itself The the second and 10 runs, you know, stuff like that speaks for itself. And, you know, I, I don't know if it's all Pete Carmichael though. Like that might've been, the, I think their idea coming into the season was protect the ball. Don't turn it over, play defense. Don't lose games on offense, but that, that doesn't work. I mean, it just doesn't work in the league anymore. I mean, people love to say stuff like, oh, you got to run the ball in, in the playoffs and you got to be this in the playoffs, but the teams that win now are, are pass-first offenses. You know, the the Chiefs, the Bills, um, Philadelphia. Like these are the teams that are that are winning in the league right now. The the Bengals got there that way. I mean, yeah. obviously you got to be able to run the ball to, to some extent, but you have to be able to throw it. You got to be able to get explosive plays. I I would I haven't looked at it. I would guarantee the Saints are in the bottom third in the league in explosive plays. I would guarantee Tampa is 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 down there, and you just see the same similar frustrations with those offenses and it, it is just so hard to score points. Like it's just so hard, especially when you don't have drew Brees being the guy that's kind of, you know, popping your way down the field. Like you can do it with him. You can do it with prime Tom Brady, but when you're, you're kind of don't have those players and you have these guys that can run four, three on the outside, having your offense kind of not predicated on, on, you know, play action shot plays and stuff like that. I, I don't think it makes sense. So if they were to bring him back, I think you got to, just have a talk about what you're going to do. How are we going to play offense? Are we going to try to become more explosive? Are we going to be creative with, with Alvin Kamara? Because he became like an extremely high paid player, not because he runs the ball between the tackles, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. excellently. Yeah. It's because he can do all this other stuff. <laughs> and so and you, you take that out. And now he's, he's an overpaid running back that averages 3.9 yards per, per carry. I, you know, I think it's just, you got to use these players to their, their strengths. And I don't know that, that they're using the offensive players to their their full strength, Taysom included in there. So, um, yeah, I think I think it's frustrating to watch your offense. I think it has been all year. You know, last year I thought it was frustrating too, but for uh, different reasons. This year it's kind of like a little bit of the stuff from last year. Plus, you know, why aren't you doing this with Alvin? Some of it just kind of seems like they're overthinking it. Yeah, you have better personnel this year, and yet you haven't 
unlocked uh, how you were expecting to uh, this entire. Real quick here, Nick, we've kept you long. Last thing, um, you can go as quick as you want. Uh, any any uh, Sean Payton to the Broncos, potentially Broncos firing Nathaniel Hackett, uh, that seemed to be, I, I don't think there's any like legitimate saying this is happening. It just seems to be people being like, oh, well, that would make sense for Denver to just basically say, Sean, we'll pay you a hundred, however much money you need to come here and try to save us. I think I think it'd be tough to if I were Sean, I'm just speaking as if like I'm, I'm Sean Payton. I'm looking at the options. I think it would be tough to throw him with Russell Wilson right now. Just kind of the way <laughs> things are going with him. I also think Denver would probably have to fire their GM. I think Sean wants to be tied to to his GM. And I think that GM, if he ends up somewhere, I, I kind of think it's going to end up being Jeff Ireland. If I had to bet on any of the possible open situations, like I don't see the Chargers opening up. Cowboys, you, you never know if that one opens up. I, I think there's a, a decent chance of it. I, I like Arizona. Like if I were him, I would be looking at the, the Arizona situation. And I wouldn't say that for any coach, but a coach like Sean that kind of has full control, commands respect. I think him and Kyler Murray could be really good for each other. I think Sean, especially for Kyler Murray, I think he, he needs that type of player. And I know Sean really, really liked him coming out of college. Now things have kind of changed a little bit with how they did his contract and the, the impression of him is, is a little bit different, but I, I think that's a, a decent situation and you could kind of go in not have a ton of expectations next year. You you kind of set your culture. Murray's hurt for a little bit, and, and you know a year from you know twenty four. I think is a season where where you go kind of all in. You got a good draft pick then because next season's probably not great. And um, I I just I just kind of like that spot for him out of all the ones that seem possible of opening up. But look, I I also don't think it's you know I don't think the it, it could be in the cards for him to come back and do TV too. Um, none of these situations are, are necessarily great. So, and barring a surprise one, I think Arizona is probably going to end up being his best option. Nick Underhill at Nick underscore Underhill on Twitter. New Orleans on football is the site. They do incredible work. Nick, thank you so much, man. Uh, how was your Christmas outside of not being able to make the games? All good? Yeah, everything was great. Hope you guys had a good one too. Hell yes, man. Uh, excited to see what New Orleans on football has planned for 2023. You have a great day, man. You too. All right, when we get back, let's talk a little Pelicans with the host of the Flock Up podcast. That's, that's Mark. Correct. <laughs> uh, coming up next here on OTB. OTB. OT. Go to allstartoyotabatonrouge.com, allstartoyotabatonrouge.com. Uh, the dealership's so nice. I've joined it twice, soon to be thrice. As the lease is up. Got to figure out what I want. Not sure yet. Uh, but the point is, I know. Well, it's, 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 it's great to have peace of mind that you know you're going to be satisfied, right? And that's what I get from All-Star Toyota. Toyota-thon is still going on right now. If you want to check out some of the incredible deals, go to allstartoyotabatonrouge.com. You can chat with people live right there on the website, or you just go in and see them off of Airline Highway. But whether you want to buy new, used, you need to rent for a trip, a Disney trip, whatever the case may be, All-Star is there for you. Airline Highway, All-Star Toyota, Baton Rouge. Yeah, no matter if you're buying, leasing, or renting, they are the place to go. The full fleet is available in everything they do, certainly in buying a new vehicle, but also... If you're looking to lease, everything is available. If you're looking to rent, the full fleet is available. So if you need something bigger for a trip, if you need something better on gas mileage for a trip, they've got you covered per day rental prices. Check it out all online, allstartoyotaofbatonrouge.com. Or as if we had one, someone fired the old jukebox up. The song is sure was a sad one. Teardrop rolled down Bubba's nose. But the pain the song was inflicting. And all at once he jumped to his feet Just like somebody kicked him Bubba shot the jukebox last night He said it played a sad song It made him cry Went to his truck and got a 45
OTB OT with Hester and T-Bob on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge and 94.7 ESPN Alexandria. Like this. It's a banger. Yeah, it's great. I can drink some beers for that ball, do a little line dancing. Oh, Mark Chestnut ball. Got a couple of bangers. Does Laney Wilson make good music? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I've never heard her music. She's been going viral lately. She sings that song about half my hometown didn't make it out or yeah, something. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Very yeah, famous song. song. I don't know anything about country music. This is, I mean, this is Mark Chad. This is like 90s. This is, this is a go-to banger. I did like that uh, Lainey has a good sense of humor because uh, she tweeted out her, she tweeted out a picture uh, making it look like she had like a CDL license, right? Or whatever license you need to drive a dump truck, ah. which was, you know, a very well done. A very self-aware, very well done. Yeah. The thing, Lainey. Louisiana native, right? She is. Uh, the thing about the artist who sings this song, Mark Chestnut, um, you would swallow his hand if you shook his hand. Very tiny hand. Really? Yeah, very tiny hand. How does he play the guitar? I don't know. He does it, though. Because even mine sometimes can be a bit tough to hit some of the chords you're trying to hit. Yeah. I Not like Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix's hands are so big that to play the, uh, the top E, he just would uh, wrap his thumb around. Yeah. And play yeah. like that. I guess for him it was actually... The higher pitch bottom yeah, me because he, he yeah because he flipped upside down. Um, yeah, look, just look, I'm telling you, go ahead, go down a Mark Chestnut rabbit hole when you get home, Bo. We got Willy Wonka on here in the studio. I'm watching this. Charlatan, Grandpa Joe, suddenly gained the ability to walk once again, despite the fact he's just been sitting in the bed for 18 years, stinking up the house. All of a sudden, Charlie gets a golden ticket. Grandpa Joe's skipping around, dancing, yeah. all happy. Like, what the hell, Grandpa? Yeah. Charlie, I'm healed. You've been, you got bed sores. Yeah, exactly. I get a golden ticket. Man. You pop up like you're Usain Bolt. Literally swinging on the bedpost, dude. Come on. Yeah, I never noticed that until just now. Now I'm kind of angry at Grandpa. I wonder how bad their living room smells. Oh. Everybody probably pee in the bed. Oh, it sucks, man. That's a rough spot. Yeah. Probably got way better after you got the chocolate factory, though. So shout out, Charlie. Yeah. Um, oh man, why am I blanking on the Willy Wonka's actor's name? Gene Wilder. Yeah, shout out Gene Wilder. Yeah, as well. Pelicans, don't look now, boys. It's kind of funny how I take this for granted um, because preseason this still would have been insane, but uh, the New Orleans Pelicans just casually sitting here at second place. In the West. Second place in the West still, right? Uh, Four-game losing streak, didn't matter. Come right back, three-game winning streak. Missing all your best players, doesn't matter. Something got to play Jackson Hayes hasn't played, doesn't matter. Najee Marshall starting lineup, doesn't matter. All they do is win. Even last night, beating the Pacers by 20. That's a Pacer team that during the night was above 500. 17 and 16. Now 500 overall. Um, it's, it's just crazy how quickly and legitimately good this Pelicans team has Become now, now they're obviously much better home 14 and 4 in the blender. So I always like that because they're seven on the road, seven and eight on the road. But I love that because if you're a fan and you are committing your discretionary income to going to watch them, you are being rewarded far more often than not. And, and, and that's a great feeling as a fan when you know uh, that if you buy tickets for this game, that most likely you are going to leave that stadium 
happy. Uh, now, like I said, I did not really watch any of the games over the Christmas break. I didn't watch a lot of sports, to be completely honest. Uh, Mar, what were your biggest takeaways over this three-game stretch? Beating the Spurs by nine, uh, the OT win against the Thunder, and the 20-point dub against the Pacers. I think just some of the individual performances. I mean, given how many injuries the Pelicans have right now, and unfortunately it got worse over the weekend. Now Herb Jones is in health yeah. and safety protocols. But that's but, like COVID stuff, right? Yeah, that's okay. COVID stuff. I think Trey Murphy was dealing with a non-COVID illness, but either way, something's going around. And whether it's C.J. McCollum, who is a starter with the 40 points, like it was nice to see him still you know, able to have a game like that. Then what Jackson Hayes did against Oklahoma City. Then what Najee freaking Marshall did, man, against the uh, Pacers last night. Like I've been, I've been uh, high on that guy for a while. It, it was, it was nice to see him kind of round out his skills coming into this year. Because before it was just defense. Now he's shooting. He's making passes. Yes, I'm patting myself on the back. <laughs> I know, you couldn't help. Last it. night, couldn't help. can't give credit to Najee. Last night was a culmination of that. So that was nice to see the Pelicans. In my opinion, one of the deepest, if not the deepest, teams in the NBA. Uh, okay. They are, and, and, and you could take a look at like Jackson Hayes being on the very end of your bench, yeah, and then you call upon him, and then like in the game against the Thunder, he had 21 points, right? Like not a lot of teams, he had six boards, four assists. To Mario's point, not a lot of teams can call to the end of their bench no. and get that production. Like even Willie Hernan Gomez, like he, he doesn't play really at all. He played 10 minutes, actually nine minutes against the Thunder. He comes in, he gives you five points, six boards in Euro nine MVP. minutes. So, like, there's just not a lot of teams that have that. Like, even, you know, Lewis got some action last night. Uh, Temple got some action. It's the deepest team. Not saying it's the best team, but deepest team, to your point, I think, in the NBA because you can go to the very end of the bench and you can get productive. Like, the very like the last three guys on your bench, you've got Temple, who's played 15 years in the NBA, yep. like a veteran vet, and then you've got guys that were first-round picks in Lewis and Hayes. Yep. Like, there's just not a lot of teams that can do that. And they're not playing because they're bad players. They just, right now, they're not better than the starting option. And uh, Kyra Lewis scoring his first points in what? Like 380-something days? So uh, congratulations to him, man. I know it's been a long road uh, getting back from injury for sure. Uh, Mario, you have something you want to say? Got to be really impressed with Hayes, I think, in particular. This is now the third time he's lost his spot in the rotation, got minutes again somehow, and made the most out of them. And like Hester was saying, he's kind of the odd man out with Zion being back because Jonas has been great. Larry Nance has been great. So it's hard to find him minutes. But I think he's doing a really good job just showing how much of a professional he is. A a lot of Pelicans fans, without knowing him, have kind of called into question his character. You know, he got into some trouble over the offseason a couple years ago. Now whenever he warms up, he shoots a lot of threes, which people don't like because he says he's not taking that shot in the game. But he, he really showed some professionalism, I think, by being ready uh, in Oklahoma on Saturday night and having the game that he had. Um, injury updates on Zion. Uh, Zion uh, is... He was good to go from the sickness? Yes. he. Uh, I believe last time I saw he was uh, doubtful for the next game. But we'll, did, see, we'll see if that updates. How, what about Brandon Ingram, the reevaluation? Where are we at? Uh, he's still week-to-week, unfortunately. And we haven't gotten the update for this week yet. So hopefully soon. Last update they said was he was going to miss at least the next two games. And it's been three games since then. So we should get an update really soon. Okay. Okay. Uh, here's to hoping. Uh, but, yeah, still second in the West. Despite all that. Hey, one of the things we're talking about, Jackson Hayes, we're talking about Nance, you're talking about, you know, Valentino. Like, every NBA team, like, that's a contender kind of has a big man that can be different, right? And you have three options to be able to bring onto the court. So I think that's one of the things that's going in the Pelicans' 
direction that's a, a favorable matchup for them is you do have three bigs that you can it might one night one might play seven minutes the next night if they're playing a different team they could play 27 minutes yeah and you have to have the right mentality to be able to handle that and it looks like those guys have that mentality they under kind of stand what role they're going to fill with the team like we've seen it like Valanciunas is somebody that like against certain teams and certain matchups they're not you know the best matchup for him and so that's when you bring in Larry Nance and it seems like this team has the right chemistry to be able to handle that and be okay with it because yep. there's a lot of teams and T you know this playing as long as you did there's a lot of teams that even though it's best for the team it's still going to be a problem because you're like wait a minute I'm, I'm the guy like I was a top 100 NBA player coming into the season but there's just not a lot of that on this Pelicans team, which you have to have. If you do have a team that's going to be this deep, sometimes those minutes only can go so far, and you have to understand that. It's amazing what you can accomplish as a team if you can get people to forego ego. Uh, and it's, it's, a, it's a fine line, right, because you do need some form of ego, right? Like CJ needs to be like, you know what, I know I have to score 40, and I'm going to go score 40. Uh, but, yeah, the Pelicans have hit a very – it's, it's, it's a tough needle to thread, hitting that perfect alchemical mix of alphas, people willing to sacrifice their alpha personality for the greater good, for the team. And uh, the dividends are obvious, right? The results. Just look at it. You're shaking in the West. You're shaking in the West, and uh, we're nearly halfway through the season. That's, that's, that's unreal. And at the end of the day, you got to coach all that. No matter what lineup you put out there, Willie Green seems to have a good strategy, a good game plan for every single night. And he's really built off of the first season he's had as Pelicans head coach. Barely got him in the playoffs, did some good things. Now you're on pace to hopefully have home court in the first round of the NBA playoffs, if Choo. not better. When we get back, more OTB. Uh, hey, do you want to remind you, Jake, I already got a couple of bets in today. It is bowl season. Uh, it's also the, it's sort of like if you want to bet NBA, you can. If you want to bet NHL, you can. The World Cup's unfortunately over, but Boxing Day was yesterday. I hope you had some good uh, EPL bets there, Jake. Uh, and then if you want to bet on the bowl <laughs> games today, DraftKings is there yeah. for you, the DraftKings Sportsbook app. What you got? You got a parlay for us? No, but I, I'm going to put that together. But I will say one thing that I did yesterday that we've not really talked about. Uh -huh. Like yesterday, the Chargers were only minus three and a half against the Colts. Like, that's an easy bet. Like, sure, I want to take that bet, but I felt way more confident in my bolts than minus three and a half. And so I went to the alternate spread, and I actually I jacked it up to minus 16 and a half. Man. Felt really good about the bolts. Colts, bad team. Nick Foles hadn't played all year. The Colts, after that devastating loss to the Vikings, and they let them come back, they weren't going to be ready to play. So I jacked it up, got plus 375 odds. Is that the first time that you've ever had faith in the Bolts and they actually came <laughs> through for you? Uh, yes. <laughs> but it's, it's really something that I didn't even really think about. Like, even if you want to parlay that, like, if you feel really good, like, say it's three and a half, and you're like, I think a touchdown is more accurate here. You can juice that up to plus or minus, sorry, six and a half, and then you can do three of those, and that's a huge parlay. So that's something I did yesterday, T, that I hadn't done yet on uh, DraftKings. Hell yeah, man. DraftKings Sportsbook app downloaded today. Promo code Baton Rouge. 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana. Availability varied by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. Minimum $5 deposit. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget, like Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. 7867. Um, all right. Uh, when we get back here on OTB, we got some more talk. We got Ask the Bench coming up after that. Keep it locked. OTB. OT. Go to Riverlands Insurance. Riverlands Insurance. Merry Christmas from the email family. Uh, Thomas and Megan, getting your insurance situation right now. Get your home, business, auto, renters, 
any kind, okay, here at Riverland, you were talking about Riverland, you were talking about a Louisiana company, one of the fastest growing insurance companies in the South. In fact, the largest progressive rider in Louisiana. But it's not just um, progressive, okay? They shop all the companies. They find you the best policy. And I mean the best, Jake, not the cheapest, but the best from a money to coverage ratio. And they're going to save you money. And all you do is give them a little information. So Jake will give yourself a number, call up Thomas today, let him save you hundreds of dollars. Yeah, how many times can you get that type of, you know, largest progressive and obviously they write, you know, numerous different things and also get a cell phone number, right? I mean, usually that's gonna be a mom and pop, but you get the best of both worlds with Riverlands. And Thomas's cell phone number, by the way, 225-206-1517. Again, 225-206-1517. In times of need, get a full list of phone numbers, websites, and other important emergency information on the Demco Stormwatch page at 1045ESPN.com. WCK Foundation Repair, locally owned and operated, has been in business over 25 years. Engineers agree WCK uses the best repair method for Louisiana's unique soil conditions. Rely on WCK to provide a solid standard with friendly local professionals. Interest-free financing available. WCK Foundation Repair. WCK Foundation Repair. ESPN Baton Rouge and 94.7 ESPN Alexandria. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Hope you uh, had a great day. Holiday. That is. Jake, starting today, what do we get? A full slate of bowl games every day. How about that? How about that? Anything jump off the page today, and I need you to go ahead and make that parlay that you keep promising our listeners and not following through on. Oh, I, I thought we still had like almost 20 minutes left in the show. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see, won't we? All right. I'll do it right now. Oh, see, that's what you gotta do sometimes. Just gotta, just gotta, just gotta, just gotta prod the old no, actually, alpha no, a little I'm bit. Not, not and now, if you, yeah, now that I mentioned that, I felt like I'm gonna play him now. Can't let you be the there. alpha. That's not how yeah, this works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do it later. Yeah, yeah, which I knew he was gonna do that as well, folks. So you see, oh, I stayed yeah. ahead at both times. So, so now, if you really want to go unexpected, mm-hmm. now you have to give the picks again, mm-hmm. since I knew the double, the double flip. Sure, you did. Um, yeah. I tell you one line that is a little okay. Here we go. The Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl. Yeah. Coastal Carolina, East Carolina. Coastal Carolina, 9-3. and three. Grayson McCall is actually playing in this bowl game. Really? Even though he's in the transfer portal. Interesting. But they don't have their head coach. You're a big fan. Jamie Chadwell. He's now at Liberty. Lame. East Carolina, 7-5. and five. East Carolina is a full touchdown favorite in this one. So Grayson McCall is playing because Coastal's been... Not that good is the word on the street. 
Uh, I'll double check the last minute info here because you know it's college football, so who the hell knows? I don't really know what to make of East Carolina. I'm kind of intimidated by him because now no touchdowns a lot. A touchdown is a lot. The one time I saw East Carolina play though this year was that opening week when we watched them against NC State. I've not checked in on the Pirates. I knew uh, I, I knew that. Yeah. Without knowing it, I knew that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Grayson McCall's playing tomorrow. And it's kind of been a little bit of a surprise um, because, again, he is in the portal. But I'm seeing it. It's, it's been confirmed. So unless something crazy happens, he's going to be in that game. That, that's a big difference maker for Coastal Carolina. So I like Coastal to cover that seven-point spread. If you can get it with a hook, I mean, that's even, even better. But I still like it at seven because you're basically getting that hook from six and a half. Memphis and Utah State in the first responder bowl. Memphis, again, a touchdown favorite. I'll take a look at that one. Don't know a ton about Memphis right now. Utah State, obviously, much better than they were. What's the one thing y'all think about when you think about Utah State? It's still Jordan Love for me, right? I don't know if I think about anything else except for Jordan Love. How about all I got, too? Can't can't (laughs) think of another Utah State player off top. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I know Blake Anderson, the coach. He came from Arkansas State, but... I can't give you much else. The Guaranteed Rate Bowl, I think Wisconsin. Great brands here. Wisconsin, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State doesn't have their quarterback. Neither does Wisconsin, but Graham Mertz hasn't been great. Jim Leonard's still sticking around to coach the bowl game, even though he's going to move on in the future. Spencer Sanders makes Oklahoma State a different team. When he's been out, they've been bad. Mm. So I think I like Wisconsin, even though you have a hook here at three and a half. So, so far, I do like Wisconsin. I like Coastal. Uh, Georgia Southern, I agree with your other co-host, um, Aaron Murray, on that one. Buffalo's been hit or miss. I don't know about Memphis-Utah State. I'm going to have to do some, uh, some digging and give you the pick right before we go off air. Yeah, okay, okay, sounds good. There we go. So, we will get Jake's parlay play. Uh, Beginning of the Luke Fickle era. In Wisconsin, I'm going to judge him. If they don't win this bowl game, I think Luke Fickle is going to be. A He's failure. not coaching, so that's, uh, you that's well, really he is though. He's head coach. You look it up right now. Who's head coach for this game, Jim Leonard? <laughs> no, it's Luke Fickle. Google Wisconsin head coach right now for the bowl game. No, let's see what it says. Let's see. Here we go. In Wisconsin head coach. Mm-hmm. Luke Fickle. Bam, right there. Internet never told a lie. Look. Hey. Oh, Jim Leonard. Check me. It says Jim Leonard. It says people also – no, no, that's a lie. No, that's a lie. That actually says Jim Litter nowhere on this page. You almost tricked me. Well done. Yeah. Uh, when we get back, let's do a little Ask the Bench. OTB. OT. Hey, look, I hope you made it through the freeze all right. And uh, for those of you who did not, I hope they used uh, Central Plumbing. Because uh, as we told you, over the holiday weekend, they were staffed up, inventoried up, and ready to go for all of your burst pipes. Maybe you're someone who took advantage of the preventative measures that central plumbing can do either way uh if anything goes wrong still uh you already know your one-stop plumbing shop the people that have been doing it uh for nearly 50 years uh they're the ones to call it's 925-8552 everybody's licensed monitored flat rate pricing great warranty once the work is done i love them you will too centralplumbing.org centralplumbing.org yeah, like, you know, the, the situation that we've been dealing with with the freeze is not something that we're used to, certainly in that this many days in a row. So hopefully you made it through. But if you didn't, like T-Bob said, Central Plumbing is the only place to call. Again, 225-925-8552. Also check them out online, centralplumbing.org, centralplumbing.org. Show, show, let it all out. 
OTB OT with Hester and T Bob on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge and 94.7 ESPN Alexandria. Come on and listen to more off the bench every single day. Subscribe to the OTB Overtime Channel for Shane Pelican. Subscribe to Off the Bench as well. Ali Gay, not playing in the bowl game, Jake. Who gets those minutes? Davion Jones. Yeah. Full saving game. Yeah. Who else? You better strap up. <laughs> you might be playing some uh, Iron Wiggins? Man football here. Yeah, he, so that's another positive of the new rule, that it doesn't count towards playing in a game, and so your red shirt can stay intact. Oh. Wiggins also going to get some uh, snaps there at edge. Yeah. Because B.J. Ojolari not playing in the game. Now obviously, you have Harold Perkins that can come spell you there as well. Desmond Little in the transfer portal. That's what I'm saying. I mean, but look, Purdue's got guys left and right as well. Um, that's what bowl season is now. Certainly at a major university, it's who do you have left. Now, if LSU can play a bowl game with John Trey, True Brees, Kirkland, a quarterback, they can play figuring out edge. Fair. <laughs> Time for Ask the Bench. Brought to you by Cole Kurzlite, Vizier Telter, and Blue Moon Light Sky. Such a sweet hump palmers and a Jake. Are we going t-shirt over a hoodie? Uh, we always go t-shirt over a hoodie. Always. Come on. A, a big staple of mine there. Who? I like a jersey over a hoodie quite a bit. I do too. Um, so it's like, you know, the hoodie is great, but it's kind of like wearing a vest. Like the core's got to stay a little bit warmer. I'm a big hoodie under a t-shirt. Well, surely that's just a purely aesthetic decision, right? Like you're not actually looking for functional warmth from the additional t-shirt, are we? A little bit. Feels like a stretch. Why though? What's, what's the difference between that and a vest? Well, because like a vest is normally it's like Patagonia and it's like all like thick and goose feathery. Nah, man, this is over my core. It's got two layers over the core, only one layer on the arms. Technically true. Science. It's a thin layer, but technically it's true. Still science. It still is. That is fair. I'll back down. Yeah. Uh, and Hunt, I don't really own a polo, so <laughs> <laughs> I can't do anything for you. This there. is a next step for Mario. The chain and watch look great. Throw a black T-shirt yeah, on instead of yeah, a collar shirt. Yeah, the we'll collar's got to go. Rolling in the women, baby. Yeah, the collar's got to go. Ask the bench, attend emo night at Chelsea's or go play someplace else for uh, New Year's Eve. I mean, Look, if you like you're emo asking music, someone, you're asking someone it. with four children where to go on New Year's Eve. I've got nothing for you. That is a Fair. Danny question. Fair. Uh, hashtag OTB, care level for the bowl game, high, medium, or low? High. Uh, high. high. High for me. I told you, I called this a must win. You cannot go nine and five. You cannot lose to Purdue team that doesn't have their coach and doesn't have their quarterback. You need ten wins here in year one of Brian Kelly. You need to erase the bad feelings of the last couple of weeks, especially A and M. No, this is a must win for LSU here. So I'm saying very high. Um, wait, Danny, do you have any insight on the previous question? Would you go to emo night or somewhere else? Uh, somewhere else. Okay. Mario? I will go to emo night. Yep. By the way, I found out there's another Shrek rave in March. I was just emo. about to ask you about the Shrek rave. I mean, you know, I'm not the biggest emo. Uh, 
That's the bench. River Center sold out for the last ice hockey game next weekend. Should Bratton Rouge bring back the Kingfish permanently? Look, you'll never get me to say, no, don't bring more sports to the city, right? Now, I'm not guaranteed. I'm going to go, God, look how gray my beard looks here, Jake. I'm not, I'm not, it's been happening when the light hits it a little bit. I'm starting to go a little bit. Um, you get that just for me now, This actually looks like when I went as Santa for my neighborhood a few years ago, and I dyed it gray, and it looks so creepy. I don't like it. I feel like a man. Come here, son. Huh? Why'd you Why'd you do that? You know you're not supposed to stick anything up there. You're supposed to go to Agatim. AgatimBR.com. Now we gotta go to the emergency room. It's cold. Make sure that heater's working. Yeah, I have to go inside if you can take that out. BR.com. OTB. OT. Yeah. Bring in the new year and prepare to be noticed with the perfect 